Welcome to the Filmmaker Mixer Podcast. I'm Jeff, and we are continuing our coverage of the Austin Film Festival, and today we are chatting with Jack Martin, the writer and director of the new film, Bolt from the Blue. Hello, everybody. This is the Filmmaker Mixer Podcast, and we are continuing our coverage of the Austin Film Festival, and today I'm chatting with Jack Martin. Jack is the writer and the director of the new film, Bolt from the Blue. So, Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Well, first of all, before we uh, you know, do a deep dive into your film, tell the people who are in Austin, uh, who are attending the festival, where can they see your film? Where and when? Uh, so we are having our world premiere of Bolt from the Blue at the Stateside Theater on Sunday, October 29th, uh, and that's at 5.30. Uh, and then we're going to have a follow-up Halloween screening on October 31st at 7 p.m. at the Rollins Theater. Nice. Well, that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. And, and you know, I, I got to say, I really, really liked your film. Um, I thought it was a great balance between comedy and drama. You, you know, you pull on the heartstrings a little bit and then you got a little wacky comedy in there. Um, and I'm glad I didn't see your website. I saw the film before I went to your website because one of my questions was going to be um, the vibe it has. That has sort of that 80s, 90s vibe. It's a little Marty McFly. And then I saw your website and I saw that that was, you know, intentionally what you were going for. So I, I thought, you know, you definitely pulled it off. So that being said, I'm curious, where did this idea come from? I guess let's make it a two-parter. For those people who haven't seen the film or, or had a chance to see the trailer, because I know it's just coming out, describe what the movie's about and then, you know, explain how you came up with this idea. Yeah. So essentially the film is about a guy up in Alaska trying to catch lightning and harness its energy uh, to save the world from climate change. Uh, it basically looks at that story through the lens of this electrical engineer named Mia, who it works in Los Angeles. Like a lot of people I know, she's you know reaching the end of her 20s and she's overworked and undervalued and just on the edge of burnout. Uh, and she's kind of forgetting why she wanted to become an electrical engineer to begin with. Uh, and so her boss sends her up to Alaska to investigate you know, this claim that this guy can catch lightning and it's gonna be the next great renewable source of energy. Uh, and funny enough, I had this idea probably about a, a decade ago. I had written a short film that was 10 pages long uh, about this guy who had been spending his entire life trying to chase storms and catch lightning. Uh, the big question is, how did this, uh, you know, where did this originate? In many ways, there are just so many tiers of it, whether it's, you know, the fact that I grew up in Chicago and whenever there'd be a massive storm rolling in, I would open up my garage, pull out a folding chair and just sit there and watch it roll by. Uh, and I genuinely, now that I live in LA, I miss those days where storms would be coming in. Cause like there would be a, a window, like a five or 10 minute window where like all the moisture just gets sucked up. And anybody who's been in a storm, especially in the Midwest, you know, the smell in the air. It's just, it's that that suspenseful, like, ooh, something exciting's coming. And I think, uh, you know, there's something really beautiful about the fact that like when it comes to weather and storms, it's so out of our own, our, our control uh, as, as humans. I mean, we're, we're pretty bad at predicting the weather. We try to do it a week in advance and usually the day before it's like, oh, it's changing. Uh, and then of course, you know, on the grander scale of it all, I, I think like a lot of people around me, you know, get filled with some existential dread when it comes to climate. <laughs> and uh, it's a very scary thing. It's something that we as human beings haven't really had to deal with before maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. 
Uh, and now, you know, younger generations are going to have to pay the price for older generations actions. Uh, and rather, you know, when I looked at all these other movies and TV series that were looking at the future or, you know, talking about climate change, it's usually met with a lot of dread. And I'm just an optimist at heart. And I just felt like, you know what, we know the problems. We know, you know, that there are storms getting worse and there's flooding and there's droughts. Let's talk more about the solutions. And I went down the rabbit hole of just investigating what really, really smart people around the world are spending every waking moment working on, just like I spend every waking moment working on stories and films and trying to break into the industry. There are also amazing people, you know, doing this kind of work out there. And yeah, in many ways, I just, I, I wanted to make a film that embraced my own journey as a filmmaker and trying to, you know, pursue this unimaginable dream of being a director that's just like, you know, it's hitting a, a bullseye on a bullseye. It's a really hard challenge to, you know, to take on. Um, and at the same time, like I wanted to create a beacon of hope for younger generations to walk out of this movie thinking, you know what, I think I want to go down the rabbit hole as well of doing research on this kind of technology. And if I inspire one kid to commit his or her entire life to, to being an electrical engineer and trying to solve problems when it comes to climate change, then I feel like I've done my job. Sure. And, and I want to circle back. You said you grew up in Chicago? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit of a liar. Western suburbs, uh, you know, Downers Grove, Illinois. Yeah. Well, I grew up, uh, Andrew, my co-host, which unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight. He's from Chicago. And I grew up in a little farm town. Uh, you know, you, you know Kankakee? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> if you go down to, you say what? I'm just amazing. I haven't heard that, that town name in so long. <laughs> yeah. If you drive south of Chicago down 57, you pass mm -hmm. Kankakee. I, I was in one of those towns surrounded by soybeans and uh, and corn. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's funny. Uh, but um, you also had a really great cast in the film with some recognizable faces like Kate Flannery and Matt Walsh. How did you get your cast? Yeah, so funny enough, Kate Flannery was uh, a cold reach out. Uh, wow, we, really? Yeah. So through, through a casting director or just? just... No, 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 we no did kidding. not. We, it was so funny enough, my friend Juliana, uh, I, I put down as the casting director because Juliana is actually Matt Walsh's niece. Um, I went to high school with her and I've been friends with her for about 15 years. And funny enough, I, I knew that Matt was her uncle and I just never got a chance to, to meet him. Yeah, that's and, right. He's, he's from Chicago, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. That's right. And so it's so funny because like I know her dad really well, who's Matt Walsh's older brother. Um, and... Uh, so funny enough, after 10 years of being together, my close friend Mitch and Juliana got married back in Chicago. It was almost like a high school reunion. And Matt was there. And uh, I I got a little drunk. I, I <laughs> did his battle with, uh, with his- Congratulations like, on the wedding. Would you like, Would you be in my movie? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, I was talking to <laughs> Juliana's dad. And I was like, oh, I've never met your brother. And I was like, oh, let me introduce you. I was like, I don't want to bother him. He's like, he's my younger brother. I'm, I'm going to introduce you. And- you know, I, I told him about the movie, Matt, you know, outside of being an actor, he's also a writer. He's also a director. He's done a lot of indie films uh, on his own. And uh, yeah, he was just the nicest guy and he was very supportive. And he, he said, hey, man, you know, when you're shooting and, and you know, you need me, hit me up. Let's see if it, we can make it work. And uh, he was more than happy to do it. I'm really grateful to have worked with him because he's just a, a creative and comedic genius. 
That is awesome. And uh, I really liked uh, Kevin, Michael Martin and Paige, Paige Gomez were, I thought, fantastic together. Um, you know, Paige had this really nice sort of heartwarming vibe that balanced out Kevin's kind of, you know, wacky character. Uh, how did you find those two? Funny enough, actually, Kevin is my brother. And, no kidding. Uh, yeah, Kevin is my brother. And then Paige is his wife. In, in, in re Really? In real life. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. So funny enough, actually, their wedding was a week before we shot this movie. So I literally was getting uh, I, I was just like drinking, having fun, giving the best man speech. And then literally the next day I was packing up a bunch of bags, getting on a plane to fly up to oversee the construction and building of Sparky and location scouting and stuff. And then Kevin and Paige flew up the following week. Uh, so funny enough, when I was writing the script, Kevin and Paige were always in my mind. Uh, my brother Kevin and I, I mean, we have 30 years of shared uh, film tastes and comedic sensibilities that uh, I just kind of knew all the buttons to press with him. And uh, crafting this character between me and him was really fun. It was just kind of pulling out all these little facets of of different characters that Kevin's done. I mean, a lot of my sense of humor definitely stems from from my brother Kevin. He's a funny guy. Uh, and then Paige, I mean, what you see is what you get. She is just a down-to-earth su Southern girl who, um, you know, has a strong backbone but a kind heart. And I knew we needed kind of the quote-unquote straight man to bring us into the story, somebody who could kind of ground everything uh, and we could rally behind. Uh, and yeah, so I knew she was going to be just killer as the role. So you got Matt at a wedding and Kevin and Paige were married before the shoot. Uh, what wedding did you find uh, Manny Spiro at? <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, uh, Manny, I believe we were connected through a friend, uh, my friend Portia Juliet. Uh, he actually went to University of Southern California. I did as well, but he was a couple years behind me. And funny enough, after Portia recommended him, suddenly everybody was like, oh, Manny's great. Oh, you don't know Manny? Manny's the best. And he's another guy that like, what you see is what you get. He's um, just such a kind human being, uh, great energy. Everyone likes him. And, you know, as you can see from the movie as well, like his performance packs a punch. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, he funny enough, uh, I've kind of found my one of my favorite questions with audiences like, oh, who who's your favorite character? And everyone kind of says different people, but I feel like the most unanimous one has been Manny or uh, as Clem. And I think it's because he's a little bit of like the sidekick underdog who um, has quite the arc throughout the story. So, um, yeah. And and this was a present day movie, right? Yes, this takes okay. place. Okay, I, I thought so, because I was, I was going to say, I love the fact that he's using that giant clunker uh, video video camera. I thought that was a nice choice. Uh, yeah, they're, funny enough, a lot of Clem's costumes and the camera and everything like that, we went, uh, my production designer and costume designer, Abby Mariyama, and I went down the rabbit hole of just all the backstory for Clem. We imagine like he lives with his grandma. He doesn't have a lot of money. He found that camera on this like small little... Uh, you know, Salvation Army and was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. It makes me <laughs> more of an auteur. Was there um, a defining moment for you as a child or a teenager where you knew you had to be a storyteller and a filmmaker? How did that happen for you? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> funny enough, I, I mean, I grew up uh, in a household that was all guys. I'm, a, I'm the youngest of two older brothers, Kevin being one of them. 
Uh, and they, you know, it was a lot of testosterone and sports and all that kind of stuff in my, my home. And, um, I love a good football game and all that stuff. I actually played eight years of football, but I don't care that much, um, about watching sports consistently. And I always kind of felt left out and my mom was like, Oh, why don't you, you know, go watch the game with your brothers and your dad. And I'm like, no, I'd rather watch, you know, SpongeBob on this small, you know, one foot by one foot little TV in the kitchen. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think in many ways I found growing up in the Midwest incredibly boring. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, just, I, I wanted my life to be eventful and exciting. And for me, the, the one way to do that was through telling stories that felt larger than life and bigger than me. Uh, and I, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't the best at, you know, uh, a lot of the sports I played, I wasn't the best with school. I also didn't really like being told what to do or following roles. And the great thing with, with filmmaking is nobody could kind of tell me what to do. I was kind of the, you know, the leader of this world that I was building, um, you know, and, and things kind of worked out the way I wanted them to win this world. Uh, so naturally like your biggest dreams, you can kind of play out, you know, in stories, but also, you know, seeing how people reacted when I was making these stories and seeing it actually have a, a deeper impact felt like I was actually cutting through some of the, you know, facade of, of everyday life and actually finding a connection with people around me that, you know, they otherwise weren't, weren't finding. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've always just loved escapism movies. Um, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, I think I saw that when I was probably like seven. Um, and that movie just, oh no, I was totally older than that. I was like 12. Gosh. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, I just, I, I, that's one of my favorite movies. I just think it's, um, it's near, near, near perfect you know, on every level of its craft. But, um, you know, Apollo 13 is another film that anytime it was on TV and my dad was flipping to channels, he would always be like, oh, we're watching this now. And I think those kind of stories of, of everyday people, you know, ordinary people pursuing extraordinary goals, uh, I think is just incredibly admirable. Um, and that's definitely the kind of stories I want to tell. Well, it's a great film. Uh, I, as I said, I really enjoyed it. And uh, remind people again where they can see the film this weekend at uh, the Austin Film Festival. Yeah, so uh, it world premieres at the State Theater on October 29th. That's Sunday at 5.30. And then there's a Halloween screening on October 31st at 7 p.m. at the Rollins Theater. And uh, any information, if you have any questions or anything like that, you can go to our website, Bolt from the Blue, uh, sorry, Bolt from the Blue Film.com. And uh, are you an Instagram guy? I mean, have, if people want to see more of your work, um, obviously you've got the website, but uh, do you have like Facebook page or Instagram or anything like that? Yeah, everything's Jack Martin Film. Uh, so, you know, Instagram is at Jack Martin Film. I think Facebook is also slash Jack Martin Film. And my website is jackmartinfilm.com. Uh, good thing is Jack Martin is right under John Smith on the average scale of names. So it's not too hard <laughs> to do. And you're going to be here for the festival? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm awesome. literally flying in next Wednesday. You may or may not see a replica of Sparky driving around. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, while you're here, hopefully Andrew and I can track you down and, and meet you in person, shake your hand. And uh, I th again, it's a great movie. I think it's going to do well at the Austin Film Festival. And definitely, um, 
you know, circle back and let us know how distribution goes and, and keep us up to date on your future projects. Amazing. Will do. Thank you so much, Jeff. This was great. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, you take care, my friend. All right. You too. Thank you for listening to the Filmmaker Mixer podcast, a podcast created and hosted by filmmakers Jeff Stolen and Andrew Lamping and produced by Melody Lopez. Our theme song was composed by Stephen D. Bennett. Make sure to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on and stay tuned for future episodes.